ne- negotiating. I like it. You good negotiator? No, that's why I have a realtor do it for me. Ah, I mean, you say that's why you have your wife. Well, that's you why I have negotiate. my wife too. Yeah. In my daily life, she does it. <clears throat> right. We went to get uh like a a camper trailer the other day, and I went into it knowing that I would just take it if they. I'm not going to negotiate. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to give me a price, and I'm going to buy it. Yeah. So she had to go with me and talk me on it. It was okay. Same. Yeah. Real estate, similar. Yeah, right. But well, I think. Uh... Welcome to the Rains Report with your host, Jason Rains. Welcome, welcome to the Rains Report, you guys. Today we are jumping in and talking about negotiations. Uh, how to negotiate, how to offer different parts uh, to negotiate throughout the real estate process. Uh, got my got my boy here. Uh, we're gonna he's gonna throw some questions at me, give his take on negotiations as well. Uh, obviously, if it's your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. Once you go ahead and uh, click that subscribe button, you guys, we're on all the podcast channels, and then uh, we also repurpose this and and shoot this as video, throw it on YouTube. So you can find the YouTube uh, moving to Kansas City, Jason Rains, and uh, yeah, subscribe and uh, follow and and all that stuff on there. Do it so all. You can, so you can catch all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's get into it, right? Okay. Ne- negotiating. I like it. You a good negotiator? No, that's why I have a realtor do it for me. Ah. I mean, you say that's why you have your wife. Well, that's you why I have negotiate. my wife too. Yeah. In my daily life, she does it. <clears throat> right. We went to get uh, like a a camper trailer the other day, and I went into it knowing that I would just take it if they. I'm not going to negotiate. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to give me a price, and I'm going to buy it. Yeah. So she had to go with me and talk me on it. So yeah. same, yeah. real estate, similar. Yeah. Right. Well, I think uh, <laughs> that's funny. I, you know, when we kind of look back over just negotiating in general right not like the initial offer not once we get into the actual process of of the real estate contract but up fr- that upfront initial offer i think the last few years the way the market's been there wasn't really any negotiating being had right no not really <clears throat> it was not only was it hey this house is Three hundred thousand dollars. This house is four hundred thousand dollars. It was, hey, yeah, we're listed at four hundred thousand dollars. What are you going to give us above that? Yeah, right? and I, I could speak from experience there because when we sold our house, it was kind of that. It was towards the tail end of that market being hot. But it's, a, I, I mean, you would list the house. You would say, bring all offers by Sunday at this time. Yeah, and then you just look them over and pick which one you want to go yeah. for. Like that was, that seemed to be it. Yeah, and and I think, no, I think you're right, and. From a from a buyer side, it was a little frustrating because you might be like, let's say there's six offers, mm-hmm. right, that you were kind of reviewing. I mean, depending on the house and depending on what point in time we're talking about, I mean, there are some houses I was getting two dozen offers on. Yeah. Right. Uh, so that <clears throat> that took some time to go through and, and figure out which one mm-hmm. to accept. But let's say there was half a dozen offers, and um, you know, there's two pretty close. Mm-hmm. It seemed like for my buyers, we weren't even getting a chance to change anything. Yeah. Right. Like, let's say our offer is really close to somebody else's. They're just like, nope, we're going to take the other one because it's, we like this and this better. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, man, all you got to do is come back and ask. Like, we yeah. could have changed that. But I almost feel like a lot of agents 
over the past years forgot how to negotiate. Yeah. I because there was no negotiation, right? Mm-hmm. So you just anytime you don't do something, you get out of the habit of doing it, right? I mean, especially with inspections and appraisals, right? Because the big thing over the last few years has been wave them. Yeah. So I mean, that's kind of getting into the into the actual pro like mm-hmm. I mean, that is a part of the the upfront offer, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um and yeah, I mean, people were doing appraisal gap waivers saying, mm-hmm. hey, the house doesn't <clears throat> Technically, that is part of negotiation because there's an appraisal contingency in the contract anyway that says, hey, if the house doesn't appraise, we have up to X number of days to get this figured out. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, either side may cancel at any time after like five days. Any, any Either side may cancel, doesn't automatically cancel, yeah. may cancel after that time period, right? So let's say you're under contract for 400000 and the appraisal comes in at three fifty. Yeah. Right. And you're just in the normal appraisal contingency of the contract. Uh-huh. You, uh, the sellers either coming down in 50, 50 grand, the buyers coming up with 50 grand mm-hmm. somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. or the whole deal falls apart. Or how, may often, fall apart right? how often do you see that the house not appraised? <laughs> it's gotta be so few and far between. But I that's haven't, like haven't seen it a whole lot the past few years. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at one point I heard, can't confirm but some of the larger appraisal companies were telling their appraisers hey if you're within 10 percent mm-hmm. just go with it when there were uh what drive-by appraisals drive-by during desk, the high desk, or whatever appra- it was. desk, Yay, appra- true. desk appraisals so they weren't even going to the house they scam. weren't even not even driving scam. by they were just doing it at their computer <laughs> that's what look, I looking thought. for comps right they were like oh it's a drive-by appraisal <laughs> what yeah okay. not even going to the house yeah. but um you know, don't see it a whole lot, and it's when you do see it, it's it's off by large sums, right? You're not yeah. you're not seeing yeah, it come in for five thousand mm-hmm. dollars low. Like it's gonna be fifteen, twenty, yeah, thirty thousand. They like, wouldn't tell you unless it was really big, wrong. They might amount, right? They might give you some room for error. And so what that what that appraisal contingency did was you're basically negotiating. So it was a form of negotiation. Mm-hmm. You're basically negotiating what you were willing to do up front mm-hmm. versus on the back end when the appraisal came in, right? So okay. you might say. Hey, if the house doesn't appraise, <clears throat> we'll we'll cover up to five thousand. We'll cover up to ten thousand dollars of the shortage without going over mm-hmm. the actual amount it appraises for. Right. So, okay. let's say you were four hundred thousand dollar deal. Kind of use that number, and you said, "Hey, we'll cover ten thousand dollars," and it came in at three ninety five. Yeah. Well, you're not then paying four oh five. You're just Paying four hundred. Yeah. Okay. You're not going to end up paying more. We will pay up to this amount. Yeah, we'll pay up to this amount, but not go over the original agreed upon purchase price. But if you think about it, kind of smart because if it does come in really low, let's say it comes in at three fifty, you've already agreed on ten thousand. True. So now, the agreed upon purchase price was four hundred. It appraised for three fifty. You got it for three sixty. So really, you saved the forty thousand dollars that you were willing to spend on the house. Yeah. Now that ten thousand has to come out of the pocket, so you have to have those funds. But, yeah. Um, and then it just kind of depends on the other agent involved, like in how how many deals they're doing, how much experience they have. You know, as a listing agent, I might get somebody that says that, and I might say, if I was already worried about the price, how far the offers had driven that price up, mm-hmm. right? Say I know it's worth three fifty. We listed at three fifty. Yeah, but we got an offer for four hundred, and they say, "Hey, we'll cover ten thousand dollars." 
And I'm like, man, there's no way this is gonna price for four hundred thousand dollars. That's the that's right. what I always wondered during the hot market. <clears throat> Isn't there a point where because everybody would just be like, we'll just sit back and let all the offers come in and we'll pick the best one by like Sunday night. At a certain point, as a real estate agent, if you were on the listing side, would you see some offers come in that are way too overpriced? Oh, stupid, like, hey, stupid offers. We might need to hold up here. Yeah, or what you could do is just that you could be like, listen, buyer can offer anything. Yeah, I'll give you five hundred thousand dollars on that three hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars house. If it doesn't appraise, it, it doesn't yeah. matter anyway. You're not getting the five hundred thousand so dollars. Right? Where do you like as a listing agent? Do you draw a line? So you say, can, okay, or what you can do is you can create kind of a safety net on top of their appraisal gap waiver and say, "Hey, listen, you offered four hundred. We were listed at three fifty. You offered four hundred. There's a ten thousand dollar appraisal gap waiver." Mm-hmm. In my head, I'm like, man, I don't think it's going to appraise for over like 360, 365. Mm-hmm. That gets my clients up to 375. There's still a $25,000 gap there. Mm-hmm. The sellers think mentally they're getting it because that's what the offer was. So I might go in and say, hey, listen, that's great. We'll take your $400,000 offer with your $10,000 appraisal gap waiver. But if it doesn't appraise for at least X, 370, 375, whatever. Your appraisal gap waiver is void, and we fall back to the normal appraisal contingency already in the contract. Okay. Right? I see. And so if it doesn't at least appraise for 375, that's out the window. Mm-hmm. We're renegotiating now. Okay. Right? Versus being locked into a low yeah. appraisal. So it's part of the negotiation it's process. It's all and part of the negotiation. Explain the negotiation <laughs> process a little bit because this is all handled through because for the average show that hasn't sold or bought a house yet you would think that they're the ones like dictating everything, having those conversations, but it's not right. Well, Talk about your job I mean, as a real estate agent. Ultimately it is up to the, yeah. the seller and the buyer. But what the communication what is always to. between the, the agents. The communication right? is always between the agents. Yeah. So again, yep. there has to be yeah. communication, which again, you'd be surprised. Sometimes you can't even get a hold of a listing agent. Yeah. So then what happened? Like, yeah. What do you do then? If you can't get a hold of them, it, <laughs> There's not not much negotiation going on, yeah, right? That's true. <clears throat> so, um, you know, I was showing houses to uh, to a new client yesterday, and uh, we we're looking at some townhomes, and they're like, well, "What do you think it's worth?" And I'm like, "Well, I, ha- I have to really dive into comps. It's listed at two fifteen. The uh, it was like a two bedroom townhouse in Lee Summit. Uh, it's listed at two fifteen. The value looks to be about 220 to 225. Mm-hmm. So initially it looks pretty good. A little outdated, a lot outdated, but it had some cosmetic things wrong with the need fix. Nothing crazy though. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> when I said, let me reach out to the agent, I always like starting reaching out to the agent, seeing when they're planning on going over offers. Do they have a set deadline? Hey, we're going to review offers. We're not going to review offers until this time you know in a couple days or whatever Mm -hmm. uh see what's important to the seller hey when are they looking to move right so you kind of you you do all that homework and and get as much information as you can on the front end so that when you put your offer together it's already more appealing to the seller right and if you do that there's there's really less negotiation involved because you're kind of you're basically just putting together the strongest offer on the front end, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, this one particular the agent was like, oh, they want to move as soon as possible. Okay, well, that's typically 30 days unless it's a case. 
unless it's a cash offer. Cash offers can close in 10 to 14 days as mm-hmm. soon as the title work's done. Can finance deals close faster? They can, right? Yeah. I think my fast one ever has been like 18 days. We closed in like but 24 on ours. But... Typically, they're 30 to 45 yeah. days. That's kind of mm-hmm. the normal for them. It just really right? depends on if it works <clears throat> out for, yeah, if there's a contingency chain and stuff like that. Yeah, right? it, it, yeah. yeah, lots of variables there. But she's like, hey, we want to close fast as possible. Well, for my people, they're like, yeah, we can close in 30 days. No mm-hmm. big deal. Well, had we just put 45 days in, mm-hmm. they might have negotiated that back down to 30. Yeah, so we wiped that out sense. that whole portion of the negotiation because my people can buy whenever mm-hmm. and they want to close fast. So let's just go ahead and agree upon that at the beginning mm-hmm. and just put 30 because we know that's what they're going to want anyway, right? Yeah. So there are ways based on that initial communication to have less of a need mm-hmm. to negotiate, yeah. if that makes sense, yeah. right? Um, but I think now that we're not in a crazy strong seller's market yeah. right now at the end of 2022, right? Yeah. What happens in the spring and summer and fall next year? Who knows? To be determined, yeah. right? Um, I, I can tell you that we dropped down to this week. Uh, this is our whole MLS, which again is 39 counties. Mm-hmm. Uh, literally the west half of Missouri uh heartland iowa all the way almost to arkansas mm-hmm. and then uh, a couple of counties in kansas right mm-hmm. yeah johnson miami yep. um a couple others but um leavenworth county um we dropped just below five thousand houses available okay 49.96 uh 4996 on wednesday night we dropped down to which sounds like a lot of houses but for 39 counties yeah not really a lot yeah the lowest we were down to was like 2100 in the fall of 2021 so we're okay. over double that that was the first time we dropped below 5000 in the past few months yeah right it's been over 5000 yeah. and once it gets over 5000 i can't even look to see it just says 5000 plus i don't really oh, have okay. like a number i see i see i just know it dropped below 5000 cuz it told yeah. me 4996 like, yeah. oh man it haven't been that low hey. in a few months right so yeah. we'll see what kind of <clears throat> transpires i think a lot of that had to do with it was just holiday week yeah people weren't listing oh, houses this week yeah like makes sense houses weren't we were seeing like 20 houses a day come on the market which yep. is nothing yeah right no, that's very true. um but yeah as so we're kind of getting away from that super strong sellers market and it's become a little more a little more level playing field uh-huh. which creates depending on the house and the desirability of it and the location of it mm-hmm. creates a little more opportunity to negotiate on the front end, right? So, so what my question now, because it's something I've seen every now and then, but now that it's becoming more of a buyer side negotiation, what physical things do you see negotiated in the contract like more than any others where it's like you have to fix this? Um, <clears throat> repair wise, it's just going to depend on the property yeah. itself. Yeah. I mean, what kind of condition is the house in, True. right? Yeah. Which that's why you do inspections yeah right yeah uh do your inspections go through and pick out your top things that you want fixed and ask for them they're gonna come back and be like "Eh, we'll fix one two Mm -hmm. uh, nine and ten but we're not gonna fix three four five six and seven right do you start seeing a lot of like carpet paint you know i i think what i'm seeing most right now is before we even get to that part the buyer is asking for closing costs Okay. In the initial offer, right? Okay. Which we weren't even seeing mm-hmm. for the past few years. Like it wasn't, you were, 
you put closing costs in, you just weren't getting yeah. the house. Like, ours, was, we did an allowance, a carpet yeah. allowance. Yeah. You do carpet allowance. Because um, ours was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my advice to sellers would be to go ahead and replace the carpet yeah, ahead of time. I mean, right? We had that as part of the discussion, but it was like, oh, we're still in this seller's market. We'll get away with it anyway. Yeah. It'll probably be an allowance, but we knew that going yeah. into it. So yeah. either replace it or know that you're probably going <laughs> to have yeah. to do that. Um, I think the the closing cost thing, though, not even looking at allowance is just going towards closing costs, mm-hmm. right? Like your prepaid stuff, like your your taxes, your insurance, mm-hmm. um, PMI if you have it, all that stuff. Um, but then buyers are also asking for that closing cost money and using it to buy down the interest rate for the first year, the first two years, the first three years, right? Yeah. And so we're seeing more and more buyers asking for closing costs. Um, one of the one of the agents on my team uh, just got a new client under contract two days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, house was listed at three thirty nine. Uh, they got it for three thirty nine. Mm-hmm. So that I mean, they paid the full asking price. They got five thousand dollars in closing costs. Okay. So versus trying to get the cost of the house down five grand, which would save them. I don't know, 50, 60 bucks a month. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They have $5,000 that they would have had to spend out of pocket at closing. Now they don't. So that puts $5,000 in their pocket from mm-hmm. day one. Well, if you're trying to fix things up or buy an appliance or whatever, does $60 help you? Mm-hmm. Or does $5,000 mm-hmm. help you? Right. The $5,000 yeah. helps you. Right. Yeah. So, but you look back a few months ago, they wouldn't have got any closing. Yes. Yeah, so I think that's the biggest thing we're seeing right now on the front end negotiations, just buyers asking for closing costs mm-hmm. and sellers being willing to give those things. Yeah. Right. Like, hey, yeah, absolutely. Here's and I mean that yeah. comes out of the profit for the seller. So yeah. I mean that is that is a form of negotiation, right? So would you classify this <laughs> as a buyer's market or a seller's market, or would you just say it's more balanced? I think it's still a, one I way? think it's still a little bit of a seller's market. Um, it's definitely swung back towards the buyer's mm-hmm. market side, but just due to um, I'm not going to say lack of inventory still, because I mean, agents were saying that phrase "lack of inventory" last year. There was more houses, there was more transactions last year. Like it was a record number. Like there had never yeah. been that many transactions. Well, you can't have transactions without the inventory. Yeah, true. So the inventory wasn't really a problem. Uh-huh. It was there was such a demand, mm-hmm. right? And the houses were going so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but with over five thousand houses, there's more houses on the market, but we're still not at what's considered a healthy market which for kansas city is like fifteen thousand houses yeah right we're, we're at a third of that right okay i don't even think we'll see ten thousand houses by the end of 2023 okay so yeah until we get up to that that full fifteen thousand, that's a balanced market yeah so so right now still sellers i think still sellers market you're just seeing buyers able to ask more things mm. get more things right whether it's on the front end or Maybe they do inspections, right? Again, you, you mentioned it a few months ago. People were waiving inspections. Yeah. Right? It yeah. was either, um, <clears throat> hey, we can do inspections, but we uh, we won't ask. We can do inspections, and we can walk away based on the results, mm-hmm. but we won't ask for repairs. We can do inspections for informational purposes only, 
we cannot walk away mm -hmm. from the deal regardless of what is found and we cannot ask repairs and the third option was we waive inspections all together we won't even do them mm -hmm. i personally hated that one mm -hmm. i think every buyer has the right to know what's going on with their house before they move into the house yeah right even if they can't fix it and they can't walk away they can't ask you to fix it at least they can get repairs lined up yeah get on people's schedules yep. be able to do that stuff the day they move in type yep. of deal right um so i never really liked the number three i've had a few clients do it but generally it's when um maybe there was an inspection already done uh -huh. and that that previous client walked away and yeah. so we had access to that previous inspection in reality that's like having your inspection that was just done two weeks ago yeah. pretty safe bet on yeah. something like that <clears throat> but now we're seeing we're not really seeing those inspection waivers at yeah, all now people are doing their inspections which you standard contract here is you have 10 days to inspections mm -hmm. and then you have five days to negotiate yep. any any possible repairs right and that's just a back and forth yeah. hey you know i tell my buyers hey let's throw on our top stuff but then let's throw on some stuff that's just fluff and doesn't really matter yeah because we want a few extra things so if they take something away let's say they take away let's say we have five five really important things and five fluff things right and they take away one of our important things and leave the other four but leave our five fluff things we might say no we want that important thing back we don't we don't tell them it's our important thing obviously yeah, but yeah. we know that we want that important thing back to get our five and we'll drop off like these three fluff things or these four uh -huh. fluff right so you have yeah, some yeah. you have some back and forth it's, yeah it's kind of similar to i always tell my sellers hey on the seller's disclosure say the refrigerator is not staying right because the seller's disclosure you like you list out what stays and what yeah. goes I always tell my sellers, Mark not staying on the refrigerator. We can later use on. that. We can use that for our negotiation yeah. later on. If they want X, Y, Z done, hey, we'll do Y and Z, not X. But we'll, we'll leave the fridge. Mm -hmm. Like if you want the fridge, right? Like you can work that stuff into yeah, your yeah. negotiation later on. Versus if you tell them it's staying from the beginning, mm -hmm. that's out. Yeah, you don't have that to to negotiate with later on. Yeah. So it's just. It's all back and forth, but yeah. we are definitely seeing more negotiations now than we have in yeah. a couple of years. And so. are you still seeing the waiver? Because mine was a waiver number one or whatever it was, where mm -hmm. it's just, we're going to do the inspections and we can walk away, but we won't ask for anything. Yeah. Are you still seeing those and maybe no, not the other Not two? as much even as that. Okay. Again, depends on the house, right? The longer the yeah. house sits on the yeah, market, yeah. which we are seeing houses sit on the market mm -hmm. longer, the longer the house sits on the market, the less sellers are seen and the more they're being asked for yeah right because you know there's not competition yeah right and if there's no competition why are we giving everything away from the buy side up front yeah true let's make her offer let's let them come back and say what they want mm -hmm. and then we can kind of go do the back and forth thing from there yeah versus again earlier in 2022 and 2021 it was just like hey <laughs> Here's everything we're willing to give you. Yeah. Please take it. So you'd say that was a strong seller's market. Oh, and this is just more of a, market. it's still a seller's market, a but starting to become. Yeah. And I say still a seller's market because you're still seeing full price offers. I was going to say you're, you're still seeing full price offers and you could probably look at a house or go to a listing presentation where you're going to have somebody's house listed and say, I can get this house sold. I know I can. Yeah. Like, Again, whereas before it might be mm. depends on location yeah. i think that's the biggest thing right yeah 
um, different parts of the city are selling faster than other yeah. parts of the city. So uh, different suburbs, even different neighborhoods, right? Um, you know that townhouse that I, I mentioned. A few Can I guess ago? where that was? You can guess. You listed how much? Well, I didn't list it, but I showed it. No, two, it two fifteen townhouse. Lee Summit. Was it Lakewood? Like Lakewood area? Negative. West of four seventy? <laughs> no. Where where was it? Uh, Arbor Walk. Oh, uh, oh down cool. in South Lee Summit. Yeah, it's one of like the so, old like old style. Yeah, I mean it's built two thousand. Cool. Yeah, but they make it look old. Yeah, it had vinyl siding and a brick front. And, I like yeah. that. Um, so down just north of one fifty highway off yeah. Ford Road. Um, it's a good area. But you go to look at comps for the townhouses mm-hmm. in the past six months. There's two. Yeah. They just don't come on the market. Yeah. Like they just don't. Right. Yeah. They they don't move that often. Yeah. Um. The other couple we looked at uh, were in the 185 to 195 price point, and those were North Lee Summit. So okay. um, over in uh, Condos of Oaks Ridge, well, off well, Lee Summit well. Road and like Blue Springs School oh, District oh, area. Oh, I see. Down by, uh, I can't think of the name of the elementary school now, but um, yeah. Okay. Kind of just east of 291. Location, location. West of yeah, west of so. 291. But those come on the market more often it seems yeah. like right um i know i've listed two down there uh, and in arbor walk no in uh condos of oaks ridge oh, okay i've listed two houses in there one of the ones we looked at had been on the market for like 24 days yeah yeah historically those things go insanely mm-hmm. like two days they're gone did a lot of that have to do with are <laughs> were there like leasing companies that had them that are now selling them and before they were just changing tenants like, is that something that's happening right now? You know, I think that I'm not seeing a lot of leasing companies get rid of their inventory yet. Um, I think in the next couple of years, we, we'll probably see that. Yeah. Um, definitely in the next five years, depending on yeah. how far back. A lot of these leasing companies were buying with the intention of holding them five to ten years, mm-hmm. letting the value increase, and then and yeah. then dumping them, right? Worked. Um yeah, I mean historically, <laughs> yeah, it, it works, right? Depends yeah. when you buy, um, but you know, look at look at places like Zillow. Mm-hmm. They, they had that iBuyer program, and they were paying what their estimate said the houses were, and then they were relisting the house, and they lost like I don't know, a couple hundred million dollars, yeah, by by overpaying for houses and then trying to sell them right away it fired everybody we work with um yeah we i mean we do the photos and videos and 3d tours and stuff and we yeah. used to integrate it to zillow yeah and there's a whole team that was taking care of it and now it's like one person yeah because they just they're getting rid they're cutting the fat yeah they, they, they lost a ton. houses <laughs> and you see the same with with uh other iBuyer programs their houses tend yeah. to sit longer because they list them higher trying to make more profit right yeah. um Got to know but the market. yeah, not not seeing that a whole bunch yet. But I think, I think you know, again that that I say lower price point because it's below the average mm-hmm. Kansas City that one eighty five two hundred price point range. With the interest rates being higher, typically people who are buying that lower price home are buying it because they don't have as much money. That's what they can afford. Yeah, and those are the same people that interest rates affect the most, mm-hmm. right? Because they don't have as much disposable income to cover the higher interest rate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think that's why you're seeing that price point sit a little bit longer than we historically have mm-hmm. in those condo type neighborhoods. But again, every situation is different. Yeah. So one of them had nice backsplash and nice appliances and 
you'd tell the floor had been installed wrong because it was like cupping up mm-hmm. like vinyl plank and it was like cupping on every end throughout the entire main floor um the other one didn't have as many upgrades but really the overall condition was nicer yeah and the layout was a little different yeah. so and it only been on the market like a day so we'll have to kind of watch that one and see what it does but this uh negotiation podcast so how many what was the longest you've ever negotiated on a listing how many back and forth oh man <clears throat> i don't know usually i mean historically i've been able to get them done back and forth maybe a couple each way two or three each way okay. i mean there's there's only so much you can yeah. negotiate in the yeah, that's usually right? what to expect yeah i mean unless you're talking about repairs mm-hmm. i think that's probably the where you see the most back and forth go mm-hmm. um is on that repair inspection list and it just i mean i've had i've had buyers be like hey here's what we want to ask for repairs and it's like i mean the list is like 15 things yeah like and this was like back when it was a strong seller's market i'm like guys there's just there's no way they're gonna go with this i'm like this there's like 15 things on this list right now it's my job still to present the list they want me to present. Yeah, you are obligated, but aren't you? Yes, but it's it's at that point it's having the conversation with the client. Hey, okay, there's these 15 things. Let's go through here and let's let's talk about each one. Mm-hmm. Make sure you understand them, right? Um, let me let you hear how stupid this is. So, well, some <laughs> of them are too, right? Yeah. Like um, another agent on my team, literally just this morning, uh, she has a buyer looking at houses, and and he he's a plumber. Like by trade, he's a plumber. Yeah. Now, commercial plumber. So a little different than residential. He knows. It's still plumbing. Yeah. Right. And he's looking under these sinks uh, and these houses and he's like, that's illegal. That's illegal. And she's telling me this this story secondhand, right? Yeah. I'm like, well, hold up. First of all, it's not illegal. No, it's not against you're the get law. get arrested. Yeah. Right. No laws that's were a felony. broken, right? Uh, and she's like, well, he's like, well, this isn't up to code and this isn't up to code. And, they used an S trap here under the sink and it should be a P trap. I'm like, okay, I get it. But one, he's a plumber. He has the know-how and the means mm-hmm. to fix that. It's going to take him longer to find the P trap at Lowe's or Home Depot yeah. than it is to actually install it. Who pees in a sink Once anyway? He, I don't right? Who does P trap? Right? Come on, guys. Uh, who, like, it's going to take him longer to find the part than it is to fix it. Yeah. It's a $2 part. It's well, five minutes to fix it. That's like, weird for what someone are we that specializes about? in that because, like, uh, if I had a, a carpenter's mind walking into a house, I would see things, of course, but yeah. I would just be like, oh, I, I can, can fix, fix that. that. Can yeah. Fix that. Instead of, that. that's well, I think it's more, I think in his mind, it's more of, well, if this is that wrong yeah, and true. this is a flipped true. house, what else did they cut yeah. corners on? I don't know about electrical. They probably, yeah. This isn't up to code, right? Yeah. And what you have to remember, especially in uh, pre existing homes, resale homes, when was the house built? International Residential Code in 1980 is different than International yeah. Residential Code in 2022. For sure. It's not the same code, right? And your house built in 1980 is never going to be up to today's standard code. No. And you can't expect it to be. It mm-hmm. wasn't, those weren't the standards when it was built, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, you can retrofit some stuff and upgrade some stuff, but don't have the expectation that the entire house is going to be brought up to code because. Yeah you're buying it yeah. right like that's not a valid expectation that's your expectation go buy a new house yeah the that's, paint that's is the only probably way it's not lead based anymore 
and that's, that's it. pre-1978 <laughs> right um, see those disclosures yeah but um you know so go through the entire list mm-hmm. make sure that my buyers understand hey like guys this is like a it's a ten dollar repair mm-hmm. right like i have a plumber i have an electrician recommended electrician i have a recommended plumbing company mm-hmm. i have a recommended guy that does renovations like you know i have a recommend a recommended roofing company yeah whatever it is right hey like i have people that can fix this stuff hey this isn't that big of a deal or this is a probably a 50 dollar fix hey this one's probably gonna be a few thousand we should maybe leave that one on there that's yeah. kind of a big deal right um hey this is termites that's minimum four hundred dollars yeah depending on which company you go with right like yeah. are we going to like the cheapest guy that charges like 400 bucks or yeah. do we want you know maybe somebody that does a little better and six hundred dollars yeah. right um or there was radon right we need a mitigation we had radon there's, mitigation. there's 800 bucks right yep. eight nine hundred again depending on who you use i'm sure there's yeah. companies out there that charge more than that sure. but you can get done for 800 bucks mm-hmm. um so you're just going through there and being like okay which are which ones are really important? I'm going to present the list that you sent me, mm-hmm. but I need to know ahead of time what's really important because when that agent calls me and is like, there's 15 things on this list, are you freaking mm-hmm. kidding me? Like, we're just, which ones, which ones are you guys willing to fix? Like, shoot me a list back and let's, let's get this conversation going a little bit, right? But you also have to remember <clears throat> that the more, even before we get to negotiate, even before we get to inspections, the harder you are on the very front end in your initial offer, the less willing they're going to be to make repairs on the back end because, yep. man, you already hammered them on the front end and got costs down and closing costs yeah. up and all that stuff. Yeah. Any repairs later on, that's even more money out of pocket. Mm-hmm. They just might be like, screw it. We, we can get a better deal than this. And they yeah. might just go back on market, right? Yep. And I think that the main thing about negotiating is you want everyone to feel like they're winning yeah right yeah no one having one side be the winner and one side be the loser never really benefits anybody right no it doesn't so how can we make both sides feel like they're winning in this situation Mm -hmm. that everyone stays happy right i like to give choices right hey we're thinking this or this yeah which works better for you guys right they don't know we're fine with either of them yeah we don't really care they both work for us but if we present them with an A B option, it makes them feel like they're in control. Yeah. Right. So now they feel like they're quote unquote driving the bus, right? Mm-hmm. They're in control. They're picking which option works best for them. They both work for us. It yeah. didn't matter, right? We we could have cared less. But it makes them feel like they're in control of the situation. Everybody likes to feel like they're in control. Mm-hmm. Right. So something else you can do too. If it doesn't really matter, come up with two or three options. Let the other side pick to make them feel like they're in control of the situation. Yeah. Right? I like that. So, Smart. yeah. So what you're saying is you negotiate with other realtors. You also negotiate with your clients because if they have too much stuff to send a over little, to your job, a little bit. Down from that I, much. I don't know. I wouldn't say it's necessarily negotiation. It's having the conversation. It's just more. Right? Like, yeah. Hey, it, and educating them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That sounds better. Yeah. We educate that clients, better. I like right? That. Yeah. <laughs> not 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 uh, negotiate not negotiate with, with our clients, right? <laughs> um 
I think the only time you really negotiate with your client is on on the very front end when you're first starting to work price. with them, right? Yeah. Negotiating. Well, not even list price because technically it's, it's always up to the client. Yeah, true. It's, it's always, I mean, they could be like, yeah, we want $400,000. I had a client, past client, uh, a couple weeks ago. I reached out. I was like, hey, guys, sent you a couple new listings. And he was like, yeah, we're only moving a few sellers for 500000 It's worth three fifty. Ooh. Right? And he knows it's worth three fifty. I'm like, well, yeah. I think we're we'll gonna be waiting a while to get yeah. that for your house value to get up to five hundred if we ever get there. Probably you know, in five years. LOL. Uh, and again, I, who knows? He could have just been saying that, whatever. Yeah. Um, because we have looked at houses yeah. prior to that. Okay. And him knowing that his isn't worth anywhere near five hundred. So. Yeah. Um. But at the end of the day, if he wanted to list for five hundred, I can either put it on the market for five hundred and see what happens, or I can say. Hey, I don't think we're gonna be a good fit because this isn't ever gonna happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I might just be like, hey, I'm not willing to list it for five hundred because it's not gonna sell. Yeah. Let some other agent list it for five hundred thousand, and it can sit there and not sell. Right. That makes sense. But really, the only ne- true negotiation in my mind is commissions. Right. Mm-hmm. On the very very front end. Right. Yeah. There is no set commission. There's not an even an average commission. Mm-hmm. And a lot of agents will get really like, oh, we can't talk about commissions. Yeah. That, we can't do that, right? Yeah. That's that's illegal, which there is federal law. Like you're not supposed to conspire to set commissions. I'm saying there is no set, there is no average. It's all negotiable, right? Yeah. So it's what, you know, hey, here's what here's what my value is. Here's what I think I'm worth as your agent. Are you in agreement with what I bring to the table? What my value proposition is? Mm-hmm. Are you in agreement of paying this amount? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. No, I'd like to see it at this. And then I have a chance to go back and negotiate and be like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. Here's why I feel the way I feel. What do you think? Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm good with that. So, I mean, there yeah. is a back and forth. And again, if if the agent doesn't want to do it for that amount, you might find yourself finding a different agent. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's again, it's all ne- all negotiating. So, yeah. See, yeah. I, see, I don't think you understand. Let me show you that hotline video again. Right. <laughs> for those of this you that know what we're talking to the about, table. uh, you can find a different youtube channel of mine and and that's all and it's all, jason it's all late there. night uh at your casey seller there if you're is. looking for that one hey and a playlist listing video epic listing videos mm-hmm. you put those on the yeah. regular youtube channel you might uh, as well i put a few of the not so risky ones yeah. on the moving to kansas city jason okay. his youtube channel but okay yeah kind of we'll keep those those separate a little bit right mm-hmm. uh and the fact that i mentioned that at the very end We'll see who actually finds it. Yeah. 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 There you go. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of negotiating 101 uh, in real estate. So I like it. Uh, hopefully you guys found this info helpful. And uh, remember to go back and follow the podcast. Uh, subscribe to it. Uh, if you've seen this on YouTube, uh, subscribe and click the notification bell and do all that mm-hmm. jazz. And if you guys have any questions whatsoever, uh, buying or selling, uh, definitely reach out to me. All my contact information is either on podcast or YouTube, and mm-hmm. uh, would love to help you out when moving to Kansas City. So, 
Here we go, guys. Until next time, have a good day. Bye. The Reigns Report is brought to you weekly by Juke Media. Look for episodes every Friday wherever you download podcasts. And remember to rate and subscribe for more content.